is London Calling. Here is the last news bulletin for today. The time through which we are now passing is of exceptional character. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Full Reptile Radio. We're back. We're back. It's not so not so long between now. This time, no. dude. It's a busy podcast week this week. Yeah, it has been. On. I've already listened to the two hours of you and Tim. Have you really? Yeah. I need to listen back to that. It was fascinating. He just talks about all kinds of all kinds of stuff that makes me feel like I want to change everything in my life. Well, I was saying to Slim. And start climbing railings on shit. Yeah, for real. It seems like he's swallowed the theory of everything. Mm. Like, I like to think I'm quite a practical person. But at the same time, he knows. He was way more grown up. When you were chatting, yeah, it was, yeah. there wasn't so much giggling, and it was just apart more, from when he's when he's climbing, when he's walking along a railing, having the conversation about yeah, for real. life and death. Yeah, yeah. I, it did. One thing did occur to me though when we were standing on that bridge, I left my phone at home. So then, if he'd have had a horrible accident, yeah, because that's the way that my brain thinks. couldn't have filmed it. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Couldn't have. Two hundred and fifty quid. Dude. We had the camera there. Oh yeah, but yeah, but I couldn't. There was no. Oh, did you? Yeah, See? Slim was organised. See, that's it. He's yeah. the grown-up. Yeah. What, how old are you, 14? <laughs> this is it. Was he 20? 26. 26. 26. 26. I was close. He doesn't look a day over 16. <laughs> but it was one of them where the parent in me came out. Because you know when he was jumping from one railing to another? Yeah. The one that was a bit shaky, I was thinking... Not only was I thinking, oh, fuck, that could break and that'd be bad. But I was also thinking, if I was walking the dog down here and some yob... Some yob. And just like some destroyed hooligan. some farmer's railings. I'd be like, come on, man, that's not yours. Mm. But at the same time, I was mad impressed with what he was doing. <laughs> and I've always, I like climbing and stupid shit like that. Yeah. But it was, yeah, it, the adult does come out of you. I mean, I always carry plasters in my wallet constantly. I've always got plasters in there because I have band-aids. children. Band-aids. Yeah, band-aids. Worldwide. Worldwide, worldwide, worldwide. <laughs> but the amount of people, like, even with kids, one of the kids are caught to me, tell me what's, what's happened and what they've broken this time. So I just like, right, we'll get a plaster out because they're normally bleeding. And then like, other parents go, where'd you get that plaster from? I'm like, my wallet, you fucking dickhead. It's not like I'm carrying a whole St. John's ambulance kit with me. <laughs> it's a plaster. But then you start realising you're old. And it's like when we're on the plane with, with these two. You were feeding the raptors. That's fe- like Stace had sent me away with all my crisps and peanuts and all my different shit. And then next minute, one's got a headache. He's like, you go, tablets. <laughs> then it's like, do you want some crisps? Because yeah. I, I don't want to eat alone. And it's like, oh yeah, I don't mind. What have you got in your bag? It's like cables. Yeah. Cables and maybe a camera. <laughs> oh, there you go. Cranky you some- raptors on a plane. Mate. That's, 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 that's a that's, film. That's episode, uh, that's, uh, that's the second version of, uh, what's it called? Snakes on a plane. We'll see if Samuel L. Jackson will be into it. Motherfucking cranky raptors <laughs> on a raptors. motherfucking plane. <laughs> raptors on a plane. Dude. There's something, that's got legs. That's got legs. Yeah. Oh, do you like my t-shirt? I'm wearing, I'm wearing the ultimate raptor t-shirt, prototype. If I, am I going to fuck the zoom up if I get close to the camera here? Yeah. Do you want me to take a picture? Yo. You know you those. See, they're coming soon. Oh, a few people have asked about merch. But I can I can put Ollie on blast now because Ollie was the one that said, people are asking about merch. And I was like, okay, we'll talk about merch a bit more. And then he was on last week and didn't mention merch. Yeah. So, like, so well, I mean, that's why we had you on, Ollie. So, yeah, we only had him there just to promote the socks <laughs> that he was wearing that he didn't mention. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Mate. we've got some more. Uh, we we'll won't talk about that. Right? Yeah. Yeah, Full Reptile Collective. Go and check out the website because they were they were moaning at us that we don't talk about it enough. We just wear it all the time. 
Yeah, and it's I normally mean, custom shit that you can't buy, but it does get you there in the first place <laughs> and you can buy some of the normal stuff. Yeah. So like, if you want the OG custom limited edition special box set, let me know and I'll just make we it. You have to be nice to us. Shout yeah. out to um, a friend who found the stickers in Wahoos. Dude. That was quick. Let me I was you... expecting like a few weeks to pass and then it was just going to show up on my Instagram. Let me let me actually give but him like, a shout out. Like he must have got on a plane to Vegas after he heard the podcast. I think he lives there. Oh. So that counts half and he's a massive MMA fan. Right. They've got their own podcast and it is called um, Thanks for the Invite. I've not listened to it yet, but I will. Thank you for doing that, dude. He Apparently, he has someone doing that to him as well. Is that right? Yeah. What, moving the mic around well, all the time? Well, <laughs> so he does the, this podcast, which is an MMA one, and literally, I'm chilling outside last night because we went, we took the kids for a bike ride, got home, got a message, and there's a picture of him, Ian Burford, big smile on his face, right next to one of only 10 stickers. Yeah, that one being... Ever made. One. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so he found it. I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> I was really pleased, but at the same time, kind of sad that I wasn't there. I know, I know. But what's like, what time was it in the morning he was there? 8 a.m. There's no reason to be at Wahoo's at 8 a.m. in the morning. No, I don't know how you're hitting fish tacos up at 8 a.m. Yeah, unless it's from the night before and you still haven't been to bed, which wearing well, the vest he's wearing, I think that's He looked too, look too fresh-faced to have been at Wahoo's all night. I don't know. Whippersnapper. We're old, dude. <laughs> we are old, aren't we? Yeah. Although, although I feel younger because I shaved my head yesterday. So... Once I've shaved my head and I take all the grey out the sides, it doesn't glint quite as much and I don't look quite as I'm much I'm getting like a bounce Gandalf. off that one, which is oh, very yeah. salt and pepper. Okay, yeah. Thanks. I don't thanks. want to, But yeah. if I take mine off, it's yeah. even worse. Well, yeah, no, please don't. Dude. <laughs> I'm got, getting the John Anik. That's what's going on here. He, he rocks it perfectly there. I think the, Paulie from from Sopranos is a bit better. With a whole I never pie. watched Sopranos. What were we going to say about is that? that? <laughs> I was wondering how long that pause it, oh, was going to... I'm going to have to leave. I've never watched Sopranos. It's good, man. You like it. Yeah, is it? Yeah, and it's ageless. Because the thing is, everyone complained about the last episode. So now we're, I would start from the start and be yeah. like, yeah, but I know this is going to end really annoyingly. Yeah, and I don't no know. one's going to want to listen to me complain because they've already all watched it. 25 years yeah. ago. <laughs> Fucking... Yeah. I tell you what, Tony yeah. Soprano, easy. Right. Can you believe yeah. Darth was his father? Mate. Spoiler I didn't see alert. that coming. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I know. Fair, I'm a little bit behind, but Fight Pass has just got so much on it. Why would I look anywhere it. else? I find myself watching more and more content. Yeah. Although we were talking about uh, Only Fools and Horses earlier. Yeah. I, I think I might have to have a return visit to that. I want to know everyone's favourite episode. Because yeah. I was saying, back in the old VHS days, when you got a, a blank cassette off your mum for Christmas that literally just said Owen's tape or whatever, your sister or whoever's tape, like, do not fucking record over. Because obviously we've lost wedding videos and christenings and all sorts of <laughs> shit because we wanted to record fucking, I don't know, Mask or yeah. Transformers. National Lampoon, something, yeah. something. Police Academy 3. Of course. That's it. So we had this tape and on the tape was like, overboard, but the first 10 minutes miss- missing. Because my mum always missed the first 10 minutes, especially with something like Total Recall. Mm-hmm. So the whole thing you think's real. And then it's like, <laughs> oh, it's dreaming. <laughs> but like we had Overboard and then Only Fools and Horses, Miami Twice which I feel is one of the best episodes ever. Mm. And then a couple of episodes of some bullshit cartoon, but you would literally sit and watch the whole thing, yeah. especially school holidays. Once Why Don't You's finished mm. and fucking reruns of Biker Grove, you'd be like, yeah. Yeah. Let's watch some videos and eat some crisps. That's it. That's Crisp sandwiches. Oh, mate. Yeah. Cheese and onion crisp sandwiches, white bread buttered. With but- real butter. Proper butter. Fuck, man. Yeah. They were the days. That's they, me like they, were, they were the sick days as well, uh, from home as well. Is that which you, I didn't have many. I wasn't a sickly kid. Is that what you missed though? If you could have... I don't like, think I missed them. I felt like shit, but you know. Yeah, I mean, that, it, every bite was just... Like Goonies to Bedknobs and Broomsticks yeah. to Drop Dead Fred. 
Oh, you had a long play tape. Mm. We didn't have long play. Oh. We only had short play. Were you poor? Stuck to three hours. We were very, <laughs> very poor. We had we, Betamax, dude. Is that right? No shit. Dude, we, we had a Betamax downstairs and then that moved upstairs into my bedroom. And, then, and I did get a VHS and I was talking about this with Tim yesterday. I had a, a VHS tape player in my bedroom with a, a one of the little TVs on it, you know, with the weird curve in the screen. Yeah. That now seems to make no sense yeah, at With all. the static, you're just like, boo. It's, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Mom, look! And the whole house with a fucking coat hanger on the back of it, yeah, twisted up, yeah, yeah, black and white with a dial in. We had that. Yeah. Well, see, I wasn't interested in TV. Occasionally, I watched the Fast Show on like a Tuesday, yeah, Red Dwarf and Fast Show, or okay, something and like that. Yeah, but generally, the TV was for the tape player, and the tape player always had Enter the Dragon in it. Man, so easy. like every morning, I was getting ready for dun, ready dun. for school. What? That's it. Yeah. Dun, dun, the best. Dun. I've still got a still. I've got to bring it here actually because it'll probably survive longer. I've got an Enter the Dragon still that Stace bought me. What? In like 1999 or so. I knew How she was a keeper. How you find that about this? It's fucking amazing. It was basically a box set that had a, a video in it and he had the nunchucks on rather than the staff right. because obviously it was banned. And then it had a load of stills and then it had like an actual film cell. Nice. Which, like I say, will live here better than in my loft at the minute. But like with videos, because obviously with you having long play and us having Betamax, it was one of them that when you got to a certain age as a lad, obviously tapes would circulate school mm. and it was important then to have a VHS player. But what you don't think about at one o'clock in the morning when you try to have a sneaky watch of Up and Comers 6 or whatever you're watching. <laughs> up and Comers 6. You know when a, a video player goes into hyper fast forward or rewind yeah. and like your mum's clued up because you don't normally shut your bedroom door and you get back <laughs> in from work or whatever you're doing you're like, da-da-da, just going to put the telly on. And next minute she is, <laughs> and, like, oh. and to stop a video, you never well, press stop. You just, yeah, you just press play and you'd like go, conk, conk, conk. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's, that was really off putting. But the, I think the worst thing for me was I always grew up with a cover your back mentality. Because of hustling, I would always have a, I had a good fucking plan, a solid plan the whole time. So, like, if I had any videos or magazines or whatever, if I'm calling out a load of 13-year-old lads now that aren't using the internet for what archaic reasons, you'd take the bottom drawer hipsters. out of your bedside tape. Yeah, hipsters. Hipst- I wonder just, if hipsters have gone back to VHS I'm into paper porn. porn. <laughs> All right, boys. Yeah. Find it down in like some Vintage. fucking hedgerow. So I would take the bottom drawer out of my bedside table, put everything on the floor and put my bedside my, my drawer back that's in that's where so, I used to keep my Judge Dread comics yeah so it's all hidden yeah not quite as cool no but you'd although have, maybe it depends cigarettes, what kind of porn what, you were watching yeah, it depends man. bitch has gone mental 17 yeah. or something I'm not if, it, if it had like tentacles in it then <laughs> yeah that was under the other one but I'll never forget when I was about I was with Stace so I was about 19 so my little brother would have been say 11 do you want to say this you sure yeah completely this? mate this is the VHS <laughs> issue the problem is right this is the brother who got sent back from camp because he got his whole class into trouble for smuggling porn into the camp that they were at. Right. And the whole was, class was in on it. Yeah. So I was at, I was still working at Thornton's and I used to get home about half 11 and I can remember walking in and there was a magazine on the side at the bottom end at my mum's house and I looked over and I was like, oh, that's Andrea Humps in the hay. That's Razzle. <laughs> it's one of my favourites. And I was like, oh man. And she went, hmm, recognise it. And I was like, nah. No, what you, so you don't want it then? I was like, how do you tell your mum you want some like jazz mag? I really don't want it, mum. So she made sure, she put it in the bin, tipped a load of beans and egg, all sorts of shit over it from the day yeah. where she'd been stewing in her porn rage. <laughs> and it was at that point she told me, because then my brother came downstairs, got the look off my mum as if to say, you shouldn't be down here, to which he completely read and went straight back upstairs really fast. <laughs> 
And I was like, what's he doing home? She went, well, let me tell you. And basically got sent home like two days early for taking a stash of my porn with him. He was a legend for the rest of his oh, life, but like mm. his school life, he was porn king. <laughs> but the same brother. Porn king. <laughs> yeah, more size of a porn. <laughs> I once went back to my mom's house and I knew that he was like a bit savage with all this stuff now, but like he was, he was just not playing by the rules. And we were sat in his bedroom and I flipped up the, like the flap of the video recorder. And I could see exactly what it said. And I was like, oh, just press play. And he's like, nah. And obviously his sister-in-law, my wife, that he's known since he was like fucking three, is sat there. And he's looking at her and she's like, press play, Will. <laughs> Why won't you press play? And he's like, uh. press play. And the fucking dirtiest scene ever came. I was like, bro, cover your back, man. Press the check. Put it under your fucking mattress. My mom's going to see that. And I got really like, it just frustrates me. I don't think a younger generation gets that covering your back ever. Right. But I was the older brother. So I don't know how it works with you and Gemma. And if you're like, Never, you're hiding porn no, from her and no. judge dread comics. But yeah, no. VHSs, eh? Fuck them. I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. That well, was a go. fun tangent. There you go, yeah. What, what else do you want to confess to while we're here? I mean, oh, I don't, in fact, I don't even think about With that same that. brother and porn, there's far too many <laughs> things. So yeah, don't worry. So what do you want to talk about? What do, you want, do you want to talk about the fights that have just happened? Dude. Well, I managed to catch them, which was unusual for me which was fucking brilliant because I went to bed late on Saturday after watching a shit film. But I was, I was, I felt a bit sad for a couple of them, like James Vick. You know, there was a record for nine consecutive decisions in Hamburg on one of the events that I yeah. watched. And this event, I think, did that. It was the same nine, wasn't it? Yeah. It was, it was, it was a bit slow going. Because the thing is, the thing that one, what people don't realise is that like, the events are planned out to such a tight schedule. Yeah. And they're usually over. So like yeah. if all of the fights go go to a decision, usually there's like you don't this, get much this time over. No. So you have to start cutting stuff out. And that's a stressful circumstance because you never expect them all to. Some good fights though. Do you reckon Dominic Cruz gave him the pep talk? <laughs> First nine fights. Yeah, you reckon? Just went just, in just there, slow just snoozed them out and they were like, okay. Yeah. I was I, honestly I was surprised that some of them went to went to the distance because yeah. I mean especially Arlovsky. mate. Um, oh, what's calling me? Not right now. What? Wadley dog. He thing is, Olovsky looked like old Olovsky until it got halfway through the second round, mm-hmm. and it looked like really old Olovsky, as yeah. in age, not fucking vintage. Like the fact that he was going out there. I mean, the, he's actually apologised for one of the comments he made because people keep questioning his chin. Mm. But if you or his jaw, sorry, if you go back. He was in UFC 70, which was in Manchester, and he fought on the prelims because he hadn't got a contract. Like, he hadn't yeah. re-agreed his contract. And he fought Verdum on the prelims and won, like, a weird decision. Now, if you think about where Verdum went after that and what Arlovsky's previously, previously achieved, for him then to stay in for another 10 years... Dude, his record's ridiculous. Insane. Well, look at Ben Rothwell. Because, I mean, he went, obviously... Fedor did that weird, like, dragon punch, Mickey off a snatch when he threw a flying knee in affliction. Yeah. But that was sort of the start. Was it Brett Rogers then that just flattened him? Brett, it was... I'm just, I'm just looking through his record now. I mean, like, made his pro debut in 1999. I don't know his first two opponents, but then after that, I know... Well, I think Tim all of Sylvia, them. Justin Elias. I mean, um, his next... I don't know John Dixon. Roman Zentsov... Yeah, he fought in M1 in nineteen two thousand April of two thousand. That was two fights in the same night. He won them both in the first round, less than three minutes total. And like nineteen years later, he's like top ten in the UFC. Mate, top 10, it's top scary. 15. 
I mean, like you go through his record at like Aaron Brink, Rico Rodriguez, Pedro Hizo, Ian Freeman, Matt Yushenko, Kohea, Cabbage, Tim yeah. Sylvia, Islas, Buentello, Tim Sylvia twice more. Uh, but then two Cruz. Tim Sylvia ones were weird ones, weren't yeah, they? They, were. they started out that the first one was mad quick and he managed to knee bar him. Do you remember his Paul Buentello knockout? 15 yeah, seconds. Yeah, he just fell on him. Yeah. yeah. Or was like, that just the in whole, The whole arena, no, that was uh, Buentello. Yeah, he did it to Islas as well, but Islas did a little, went, little dance yeah. and then he fell. But yeah, Buentello, when he sort of, he went in and like, almost had his fist here yeah. and chinned him, but then Buentello just fell on him. He was almost like, yeah. Big John. Yeah, and nobody off, nobody in the arena knew what had no. happened. It was just like, it was like, <laughs> it was yeah. like Paul Buentello all of a sudden experienced a, a, a bout of narcolepsy. Right as, Right as they both stepped in, like, it, it was just like just like asleep on his back. Yeah, the, really the narcolepsy awkward. that's triggered by a threat of punches, <laughs> <laughs> not laughing or anything. It's just like, yeah, mate, impressive. I mean, just to see the shots he took and what he was laying out because yeah. Ben Rothwell's dangerous. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm glad we didn't see well. Ben's He's weird so laugh. Awkward. He's so awkward, yeah. isn't he? As well? You know his characters. <laughs> and someone went up to him afterwards was like, "Oh, that was really funny when you did that cringe laugh," and he was like. Oh no, that was my. Oh, that was a character. I was that was my on. real laugh. Yeah, yeah, that's what I Mis- do. Mystery says that's it. Is his real laugh into it to the yeah. to the people that are fucking with you on there? <laughs> are you not allowed to laugh anymore? Yeah. <laughs> 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 I think it's funny. I think everyone needs to have a little characteristic that they embrace. Of course, and that's what we embrace about mystery. We can hear him anywhere in a casino, <laughs> dude. Uh, no matter how big the casino yeah. is, it's like there he is. Where is there he? he is. Is he on roulette? <laughs> the buffet. He's over near yeah. the buffet. My friends say it sounds like salacious crumbs. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. If you can be like name check from Star Wars. Yeah, right. All day. Doesn't really matter what it is. Man. What else about the fights impressed you? Okay. Tell, tell me about what you enjoyed. There were a lot of decisions. I really enjoyed seeing Olofsky coming back and just having a word. It was just nice seeing him getting in there and just... It's the Mike Brown effect. Mm. I mean... Let's coach of the year, gym man, of the year. We've said it a million times, and it's all down to the whole Faber thing and the WEC thing. That Mike Brown came from unknown, beat Faber twice. Yet, obviously, Jose had a word, but mm. Jose was on his absolute tear. But to see what he's done now, yeah, I mean, with everyone, he just seems to have that touch because he's invested and he's done it himself. So to know that Olovsky's there, because I know there's a lot of stuff in the paper, well in the papers about Jackson Wink and all the rest of it at the minute and people are slowly dropping out mm. but when you look at what Jackson Wink was and now what ATT yeah. is yeah. it's a different beast the, the thing is though I think I think it's worth bearing in mind the size of these gyms in comparison I mean, I've never been to Jackson Wink but from what I've seen in comparison to the size of American Top Team like I understand why people are kind of getting under each other's feet at, at, uh, yeah. at Jackson Wink and yeah. they're not at ATT. I mean, you, you, like there are so many different training spaces and areas. Yeah. Well, they just seem to reinvest in themselves immediately. Mm. Like with the whole Black Zillions thing, I mean, ATT has been around forever. Forever. So it'd be interesting to see the old camp and the old place compared to what they've moved into now. Yeah. Oh, we drove past it. It's not even half the size. No, no. Not even. But you hear stories of all these old fighters talking about just being sheetrock and just like slamming yeah. into each other and oh, to see the, them reinvest days there. insane it's, it's, the gym that gym's changed a lot and and I think that we're seeing the benefits in the fighters performances because they're not banging heads all the time no like back ATT in 2004 when I was there like they used to do Tuesday and Thursday morning sessions called Block KO and like they were just it, they were savage sessions they were using the Bruce Lee Bong Sao gloves of course they were with the open palm 
so they could grapple those headgear sometimes shin guards elbow pads knee pads and it was just full on I've only ever seen head guards being thrown off when someone's sparring <laughs> fucking so annoying the amount of time yeah I see They're so many so people like even after Christmas it was a big thing because mm. all the fighters had come back into fourth and they've all been spoiled by the missus or whoever and they've all got these brand new shiny gloves shins and like a head guard yeah. and it's on for seconds and then yeah. someone catches them with something like <sighs> yeah it spins around and one of one of your yeah. eyes is covered and you're like fucking yeah. one minute yeah, like some he man thing. Can't get to the laces because you've got big gloves on and they're already laced up, and you're like, yeah, yeah. it's and like being a straight jacket. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just especially because they're still coming at you throwing punches. Exactly. Well, yeah, you're they're not always stop. those guys in yeah. the gym. Well, that's it. I will not stop until rather, the ref tells yeah. me <laughs> there is no ref. It's training. Yeah. Nah, fuck yeah. it. Then the bell. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. But it seemed well. They they used to spar a lot harder. I mean, Robbie mm. Lawler's. How long's Robbie Lawler been? Yeah, yeah. But like Robbie Lawler was sparring hard at Militich, Militich as well. I remember an old video. It's one of my favorite, like old UFC promotional videos of Robbie Lawler in his garage just whacking a heavy bag. Yeah, and I remember watching that, thinking to myself, that that's why he punches so hard mm. because he spends a good you know a good hour of every day just taking his rage out on that Man. bag. And like the power that he was able to generate just because he drilled that movement over and over again, Ridiculous. built all the muscles to do yeah. it. And with the intention that he used to throw his punches, well, he still throws his punches with. But then like the old Militic camp back in the day, well, you look like, at they were notorious they for fucking each other up in, in the gym. Yeah, but they made all the champions. All yeah. the champions. Matt Hughes, Jens Porver, Tim Sylvia, mm. Pat Militic. Yeah. Who's, was he the only person to get choked out by a bulldog choke? I know there has been another one since, now. but he was, was Carlos the first Newton, one, right? Yeah, he was the first. Carlos one. Newton was like a, a medical experiment. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, he was. Carlos, yeah, yeah. Did you hear about his tap out shots? They had to buy him back. He had like the original pair of tap out. Really? Before it was wank, and um, he had a pair of just like Valetudo shorts with tap out on. And they I've said, got a pair of those somewhere. Yeah. Well, they said to him, "Oh, just can we have them back?" He was like, yeah. "No fucking no." Way. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, no they way. were iconic those those old days. Yeah. And just OG, just the uh, when's Tap going to be cool again? I don't know. It happens, man. Look I don't at know. things like LS and Pod back around. And, you know, shit coming back yeah, around. Like, I don't see that coming back around though. I don't see affliction or something like that coming back. Around. Hell no. I don't see that coming those back. Those t-shirts around. disintegrated after five yeah. years, <laughs> mate. It was it, that flimsy shit with. All yeah, the, it was really all chewed up, but it was the best yeah. one. So Dana was wearing them. Matt Serra was wearing the, the biker jacket. Everyone was in it. And then all of a sudden they became in, like, it was in like... People couldn't take them off quick enough. No, it's in competition. <laughs> and then they made them two events. Yeah. Thank you, Josh Barnett. Yeah. He managed to kill affliction for us. I think tap out one day. I think like just some original... Yeah, man. I definitely think there'll be some vintage shit that people will wear. Yeah. There was that dude... Maybe, maybe, we, should, maybe we should parody it with Raptor. Just, yeah, we could do that. I can art that out. Wrapped out. Wrapped out? <laughs> <laughs> and just missed his laugh across the back like the Joker comic <laughs> yeah I've got a pair of Converse the Joker Converse with laughing all the way down the side we can put Lake Sperm brand new still need to break them out <laughs> chuck it on there it's good he's laughing quietly now intentionally yeah that's to say I feel like I'm uh, I'm way off point this yeah. week <laughs> um, well let, let's talk about a couple of the, the fun fast fights Dan okay. Hooker dude how good did he look he did but I thought Vic looked scared yeah but he's been bingoed now hasn't he I mean that's yeah, but his whole like thing was like, he was pretty much unbeaten. I mean, yeah, Felder decisioned him, which was impressive. Because mm. didn't Felder do that with one long? Yeah. Just engaged, he murdered him. But before Felder. that, it was Francisco Trinado. Did I send you that that video that Paul Felder texted me the other week? No. I'm going to have to send it to you. Okay, send me that. It's a video about George Washington. And oh, it's yeah. like, it's like an animated, us. it's yeah. hilarious. 
Him telling me was even as funny. It is. A, oh yeah, 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 it's hilarious. I'd still need to send it to you. Yeah, definitely. Who's my the real the real Brad Neely? They've got a hundred and something subscribers. Nice it one. Good, the real but it's Brad just Neely. ridiculous. It's like animated like that. I'm not going to play it. No, no, because I want people to go and check it out and and listen to it because it is hilarious. You need to have the video with it. I do like them pencil drawings. It is funny. Yeah. Um, so Dan Hooker looked amazing. He did look amazing. And I mean to come back from Barbosa, I think if you'd have come back to a fully focused Vic it had been a, a lot different it had been a longer fight for sure because there was a few times where Vic caught him but there was a lot of times where Vic was moving back just not defending in any yeah. way just sort of he just has so many back. bad habits as well Vic does and, and especially now they've been they've been caught out a couple of times I mean he's, he's got to address them I still think he's worth him thinking about going up a weight class yeah I mean I thought Dan Hooker looked, looked big as well but like you look at the size he's 6 foot 3 with a 76 inch reach now I'm I'm a welterweight with I'm six foot and I'm a, I've got a seventy five inch reach, so okay. he's got a longer reach and he's taller than me. Yeah, he's got the frame to go up a weight class, and I just think sometimes it just changes the way that people people fight. Yeah, you know, I talked about it on the war room with RDA. Like his style didn't change from lightweight to welterweight, and it was less effective at welterweight because yeah. he wasn't as big and strong. No. Whereas like Vic's style, I feel like it might transfer quite well to welterweight because he's not a bullying kind of fighter. Yeah. Like he's good at moving and counter punching and using yeah. his reach, and you know if if you touch him, he'll, he'll tangle you up. Do you think he looked different? I just didn't think he looked himself. I just he, I think he's, I mean he's thirty two. There's there's going to come a point where he's going to struggle to make. I mean he was a welterweight up until two thousand eleven. I think maybe it's time to return. Yeah, but he was something like was fight he, RDA. There we go. Yeah, that'd be good. Move up to welterweight and fight RDA. Yeah, and that'd give RDA fight. the fight where he's standing up because mm-hmm. RDA has been nullified a couple of times now. Because where is he in the rankings? I'm not sure, but he's he was like ten and one. Fifteen. He's at fifteen. Yeah, I think Gagey just changed him, man. I think Gagey took his soul a little bit, stole it. Yeah, for real, which was disappointing. But he can still get back on. And I, I, I'm not against a weight class change. I think that might be healthy for him. Still want the 162 weight class. I still think there's a lot of guys that are caught right in between, like Dan Hooker as well. I was surprised how big he looked in the fight. What's he? He's six foot seventy, so he's the same height and reach as me. Yeah, but skinnier, <laughs> just a bit more shredded. Just a, yeah, 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 a little bit more too. A bit more disciplined with his diet, perhaps. There you go. I could probably be that weight class now. But I did enjoy it. I'm looking forward to see Dan Hooker again. Yeah. I'm looking forward to see Vic again, but it just felt like it was a completely different Vic to normal. Yeah, and the thing is, he's on three losses now. You can kind of reinvigorate your career with a moving weight class. Yes. Well, that's almost the only thing to, to keep him interested, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Because the thing is, his three losses are pretty close together. Mm. It's not like he's gone... Well, they're all back, I mean, the back-to-back. They're no, like... but I mean within a similar, like a short time frame, oh, I like see. the gagey... But then, like, sometimes, though, people get into people get into this trap where they've lost a fight, and they're like, I've got to get back in, yeah. I've got to, you know... And sometimes the best thing... Like, I lost four in a row, and then I was like, right, I've got to, I've got to stop now and yeah. stop trying to push through this yeah. shitty patch. Yeah. Stop, readdress it, change a few things, and then go back. Yeah. Nothing's going to change unless you uh-uh. change something. Yeah. What did you think? There's a lot of noise being made about Dan Mergliotta's reaction to Greg Hardy. Have you seen it on social? No. So, someone's cut the video so that basically Dan Mergliotta is hot. Is got it. We're good. We're good. We're good. Okay, sorry. Everybody. Just audio listeners, that was Dan yeah. dropping a full reptile Nalgene bottle, which is available online at www.fullreptilecollective.co.uk. <laughs> Didn't break, no. solid. And BPA free. And it. Take a little jinx. There we go. But if you do want one and you've heard it on this podcast, 
Send me a fun fact, and I'll add some Nalgene stickers, because you don't get them as standard. Oh, look at that. All right. You're too kind, you're too kind. What were you saying before that? So, someone's cut the video of Dan Mergliotta standing with Greg Hardy, Mm -hmm. and basically, as he lifts his hand, it's very brief, and then Greg Hardy pops into like a Fortnite dance, just like a little... Little rock and sock them. Right. And then Dan Mergliotta. What's a Fortnite dance? Do you know what this is? Yeah, there's many different dances. Yeah. I genuinely can't do any. I don't believe them. Okay. So like the floss and all the different bits are. But I'd like to, I could do them all, but (laughs) not in these shoes. So, I am barefoot, yeah. I can see it in the mirror. (laughs) Um, So they've they've edited it, but just with a complete angle of like, oh, Dan Mergliotta was a motherfucker. Look how he, he, like, even Dan can't stand... Um, Greg. Greg, because of what he's done. And I was like, huh? And it was completely out of context. Really? Like, we watched the whole thing back. And it was one of them where they were sort of laughing and smiling. And I don't think it makes a massive difference if Dan has got a big thing against him. Obviously in the fight, but, like, after the fact, it was almost like, I was trying to explain it to Mystery, of, like, generational things. So, like... If we all went bowling together and I get a strike, my celebration or reaction is going to be slightly different to like if you were into Fortnite or something like that. Yeah, no, I know you are. So like if you started flossing, no, but if you started flossing after you got a strike, I'd be like, I might just go, fucking hell, what are you doing? And it's one of them shakes. And uh-huh. I felt that's all that Dan Mergliotta did. Right. But it was very easy for someone to sort of completely change it to a different narrative. Yeah. Because it's great. Yeah. That's the thing. People have kind of got it. I think he, I think he conducts himself really well in his post fight interview, especially. And I think, I mean, he's, I just shows you how powerful he is. For that, real. I said this to Tim yesterday. Like when you walk into ATT, he's the first person you see if he's out. If he's yeah. on the mat, he's the first person you see because he's just fucking. Well, huge. when you were sat on that interview and it just looked like, uh, yeah, I looked like, like a hobbit, a Marvel character. Yeah, yeah, it's just like he'd sort of powered up. And you'd gone to some yeah. like alternate universe with fucking Star Lord or someone, and you just sat there talking to this fucking brick wall. It was like a behind the scenes Lord of the Rings. For real, yeah, yeah. I and it was like one of his fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Mystery yeah. dick. Could he use it? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? I don't want to get pregnant. Yeah, but I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was. A, he's a huge human being, but he's like he is quite. He is very like calm and soft spoken and humble and. I don't no. think his adrenaline um, character, if I can call it that, mm. because oh, mine was a dick. I mean, how old is he? He's young, isn't he? He's, he's 26. He's 30. Oh, he's 30. He's well, there 30. you go. He looked 26, dude. That's nice. Like I don't it. know if it's a mixture of his tattoos and his unfinished tattoos. And he's like, he sort of, this it's an immediate adrenaline character of licking his gloves, which is very, like, going back to BJ Penn. Yeah, we were chatting which, about BJ earlier. Yeah. So I can see what he's doing, but. It's not a prolonged character and it's not something that he owns mm-hmm. all the time. So in an interview, he's not like the fucking baby war master or the fuck his name is, <laughs> is he? And like, just gives it some whole character spiel. He seems like a really nice guy. Uh-huh. Like, I, I appreciate what he's gone through in the past and to see it as a sport and a personal life, to take that away. When you met him, it's almost back down to the Michael Kieser uh, interview. Yeah. The amount of people that went, oh. Yeah. Oh, he's a, he's really a fucking nice guy. Nice guy. It's like, yeah, and I'm not saying that. The, what, the assumption is always okay. that everyone's a dick. Yes. Yeah. But I <laughs> think. Like, ah. Yeah. Exactly. Ah, he's, he's not a. <laughs> no, he, he's just not a dick. You're yeah. like, fuck, I know. Yeah. But I think sometimes as well, there's a, there's a severity in something or something you're not involved in. Like, I know a load of people, male and female, that have like called someone else out for some something else. And like, your, your opinion immediately 
will change about mm. something. But there's always two sides. So when you just see him as this sportsman or this personality that's essentially left a certain career, completely cut everything off and is now living in dorms, trying to learn, I think the humble side of his character is fascinating. And I just, I don't think we're seeing the best of him yet because he's almost trying to justify that illegal knee mm-hmm. and everything else has happened. Because yeah. instead of him coming in going, nah, this is me, and like fighting a fair fight, he sort of, he said himself, he got gassed. Obviously the illegal knee came. So then it, it sort of never got any better. And now he's still justifying that whole heel situation. And one Adams just lost his shit. Yeah. But he's, he's what? I mean, what's, how far into his career is he? Who won? No, uh, six fights into his career. Like, I was fighting in front of 300 people when I was having six fights. Yeah. You know, there's a lot more eyes on him and he's still growing in his career. He's still, and he's still 30. He's still growing as a human as well. But he's carrying all that baggage, which is a big difference. It's and following him around, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And which is, which to be honest, is probably making him act better than he, than like he's, he's he's being more humble and more apologetic yes. and more forgiving yeah, yeah. of his opponents yeah. when they're... Whereas being, if he hadn't have been caught out before, then he might have been a bit more you know. Brock. But yeah. I think, yeah, I think he's dividing people. I mean, like we were saying about Juan, Ad, uh, Juan Adams, we watched the fight again just while we were waiting for you earlier. And Mystery said, he, dead clear, he didn't jump up like Robbie. You know, in Robbie fought Master. No, no, no. And even when he did get up, he was still. Yeah, he was like, put me against the cage and I'll be fuming. It's like, yeah. why do so, you need the cage? Like a, no reason. He was like holding Rem's leg for a second at least, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he was standing looking like a drunk guy in a bar. Yeah. Like, no, I'm all right. Yeah. I'm all right. Yeah. I'm all right. Give me my keys. Yeah. I've not been drinking an inch. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm all right. Yeah, it's, it's. I saw that that was worrying more than anything because I, I just thought to myself, I want to see Greg tested. And not in a horrible way. I just like seeing good fights. Yeah. And the thing is, he's just fucking massive. He's like, had six fights. Like, that's the thing. It's like, you kind of got to keep giving him guys that are around the same level. I mean, everyone wants to see him fight the other heavyweights that we know, but... What about Olofsky? No, Olofsky, I reckon, is too experienced at this point. You'd need to, I mean, he, even... But that, is that not the test for Greg? Like, is that not something at, that gives him way more than anything else? I just, I don't know if he's ready for top 15 yet. Okay. Although I don't know... I don't know that number. Who the hell you giving is. <laughs> I mean, there are a couple of a couple of fights in there. Like, I mean, when Walt Harris is just inside the top fifteen, but I, I even think at this stage, Walt Harris is too experienced for him. Yeah. Just at this point, he needs he needs some more, you know, under ten fights, under okay. twelve fights, kind of opponents. That's Which is my, what you'd normally do opponent. on the local circuit, right? Yeah, that's what I, you'd normally yeah. do. But we've just got him thrust into the spotlight. Well, that, I mean, Dana was aware of that on. Uh, Tuesday Night Contender Series because he said you know he, he said he wants to keep him back didn't he for another fight yeah because he wasn't you know he didn't want to accelerate him too much but then if you Greg Hardy it's like it's like if you see M Punk you can't start on on a on a smaller yeah, yeah, show because no no it's 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 an, a unique situation that he's in well it's almost unfortunate that he's that he's got such power because he's not getting a lot out of his actual fights yeah see Walt Harris has got uh, twenty one fights. In comparison to six, that's yeah. still a lot. I would exactly. still want someone that's got, you know, maybe half that. Walt Harris looked good. Especially when he came out afterwards and said, we know he dips his head. Yeah. And the thing was, it wasn't even the knee that caught him. It was that left. Yeah. And like a rocket, one. And he knew it, it was looked, there as well. Yeah. He, he'd like tested for it a couple of times. He looked dead. I'll say a couple of times. It was 12 seconds long. So yeah, He didn't for real. test much, did he? But no. he did look for it one time. I remember him dipping his head and just kind of measuring it. Mate, it was... Uh, yeah, impressive, massively impressive. Yeah. Especially what Olenix achieved over the past few fights, just with the threat and the mm-hmm. fear of rolling someone up and 
breaking the neck. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what are you saying about Leon and Rafael? I thought he looked great. I thought he looked great. I'm just disappointed he didn't get a finish. I wasn't even disappointed they didn't get a finish because for me, RDA, forget RDA version one. Mm. Forget that one. When RDA came back and sort of petted out, finished Cowboy, was it a round? Yeah. Was it a start with a body kidney? Kick, yeah, kidney it? shot. Mm. Um, finished Cowboy, even against. Um, but his style was his, his style just not transferred to, to welterweight. Not like at you all. can't walk someone down like no. Leon Edwards. Edwards did a great job of measuring distance. I thought he stood still against the fence too much. Was one of my one of the things that because I, I, I don't know whether that was something that had a had a plan to it. it there seemed, was a few times where he sent flat foot. He yeah, just to, but I don't know whether that was because his legs were beat up. Because there was Maybe. one time he was dropped with a low kick, which surprised yeah. me. Um, but look at what RDA did to Robbie. Mm. Look at what he did to Robbie. Yeah, yeah. And even in the l- later rounds of Covington, there was a point in the Covington that I thought Covington exhausted himself, and RDA was like. Mm. I got my old man experience. That's, you can't discount that. You can't discount the opponent. There's no way. I just, I just, I don't know. You just watch someone. It's like, and I, I hate to use him as an, as an example in this, but I'm going to anyway. Andre Winner. Okay. We both know that Andre Winner is capable of being top ten, top fifteen in the world right now. Yeah. Like if he was in the right place and applying himself, he is that. He's one of those guys. He's got that potential. In his career, when he was on point, and he, when we were training together regularly and stuff, and he was, you know, he was he was in the, you know, the thing is, he like he was a part of the momentum of Roughhouse back in Completely. the day. So we, yeah. when we were all on the same card, like he was a part of that energy, and he, and it, it, you know, it did carry him along a little bit, um, and like he fed off our energy, and he was on at, at training team. because he knew we were going to yeah, be there, and we expected to see him. But he, like when it came to actually fighting on the night, oftentimes he would fight to the level of his opponent and then just a bit better to beat them. Yeah. When in actuality, we're like, if we brought this guy into the gym, Dude. you'd blast him out of the water yeah. and around. There's no doubt about it. And I, watching Leon, and I'm not saying he could have done that to RDA necessarily, but there were times like third round onwards where I'm starting to think RDA is now starting to get really predictable. Yeah. And all it would have taken from Leon, I feel, was was a a commitment and a risk to take that he wouldn't, that he didn't take. Yeah. Stepping into range a little bit, trusting his guard, trusting his reactions, and just and landing some hard elbows. His jab was lightning, and mm. any time they were clinched, he was just throwing that short elbow. Yeah. It was perfect, and the mess of RDA's face at a co- one point. I mean, I think sometimes if your opponent gets asked if they want to continue because you've mashed them up to that point, there's an extra bonus in mm. there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Not only for the opponent, but for also the guy that says, "Yeah, I'll carry on," because yeah. no one ever wants to stop a fight that way. Yeah. But it shows true determination. But for me, it was like he just. He's fucking beating everyone. Like to beat Gunner, to beat all C- Cowboy, mm. Gunner, and RDA. Like he's he's ripping scalps off other people, but it's at the end. Yeah. And he's they're just, all, they're dis- you're, you're looking at f- like five rounds, three rounds, five rounds, three rounds, 459 against Peter Sabata, which was a finish. Yeah. But it's then, last second. Yeah. And when you get to the top of this division, when you get to the top of any division, especially one that's deep like welterweight, mm. you need to do something to set yourself aside yeah and and like Masvidal set the bar high with that flying knee yeah like if Masvidal had got drowned for two rounds and then got a finish in the third yeah. round it's almost like but, top trumps nah, even so that would have still been better it's like top trumps you've got someone like Masvidal that's just exploded all the stats because he's just come mm. out and used the least amount of energy the strongest shot the fucking quickest knockout all this other shit and then Leon's just a solid 
go to. Fundamentally, he's like a top covered of, everywhere. Yeah, yeah, he's like a he's a two or three on your top trumps, but there's a certain area like finishes, none. You mm-hmm. lose that card. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Whereas, yeah. and I'm not saying he's bad in any way because every time I see it, I just want so much more for him because he's almost. We were talking again earlier, like a Bisping character. Mm-hmm. Bisping, you look at who he's fought in the past, like your Dan Millers, your or, or just anyone that Bisping was never fighting like just the top guys. There's a lot of times that he was propping up other cards, or if they were top guys, they were top guys of their time, mm. and he almost kept getting to the show, but then losing like real close to old champions like Vanderlei or Richard or was it Rich Franklin? That was fucking close, man. But yeah, yeah, I don't remember. It that. was close, but he he lost to justify that, which I think built a bit of character for his story in Bisping's side. Mm. Whereas Leon just keeps winning, and like hasn't. You all right? Yeah. Does he have a big cough? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he, Leon's story hasn't had that sort of stop yet for him no. to go. Oh well, now watch me. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But. Well, that, I mean, his last setback was against Kamaru Usman, and that but was, he took that him was, a full decision, and it was a long time ago. So people, it, I mean, it, it's out of people's consciousness a bit because he doesn't talk himself up. And, That's all I need. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not even bothered about that. Like finishes at this stage in his career are like are almost necessary. But they were so close. Like against RDA, like you say, he could have turned it on a little bit mm. and got him finished. There was a point where he nearly knocked Gunnar out. Yeah, people like risk takers. That's yeah. that's what's bit what's more evident in MMA than anything else. People like, especially if you're going to stack the odds against you before the fight, if you're going to talk a yeah. big game. But was that the difference with Darren Till and Cowboy? Darren Till made a point of pressuring him early and finishing him. Got the, yeah, and, and Leon didn't. Boom, boom, so, boom. Yeah. Whereas Leon did, the, he still looked really good mm. against Cowboy and finished him. Yeah. And won. But there's no finish. Yeah. Do you know I, what I think, mean? I think maybe Leon's maybe Leon needs someone that's like more recklessly aggressive. Someone like a Mike Perry pon- together. I think you're going to get a Ponza Nibio. That'd think, be a good fight. Yeah, but they're like, both on just, massive wins. The thing is, Leon, Leon doesn't want to be waiting around. He wants to be back in title shot contention, but it's just the UFC are going to struggle to market him to people because he's not getting these finishes. No. Like you need highlight real finishes, uh, uh, especially when you're competing for title shots with people like Masvidal. Yeah. And like Covington's not, I don't think he's got a particularly interesting style. It's effective. But just want to see him it's the chat around it. That's yeah. why you want to see him fight. So I don't know. He's, 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 put, he's put himself in an awkward position by not getting a finish, I think. Yeah. I think the Masvidal ship has madly sailed. Mm. There was a, a very brief moment backstage where he had an argument, but it wasn't a big enough of a scuffle. It was more like, oi, smack. Oh. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? As yeah. opposed to like John Jones and DC on the presser mm-hmm. where they're like, oh, fuck this. Yeah, and they're I'm both, going for yeah. it. But yeah. then it, the, the UFC did the right thing by oh, not making the fight anyway. Oh, completely, so. yeah. There's, there was a, the thing is, Masvidal's overly justified as many title shots as he wants, mm-hmm. whereas Leon's just proved himself yeah. to get another fight as opposed to justify the title shot. Yeah, anyway. Go on. Congratulations, Leon. Um, yeah. One thing I will say is thank you for going for the takedown in the first round because I realised after we'd recorded the war room that I finished by saying, Leon might take RDA down. And I thought to myself, that's the last thing that's going to be in people's minds when they watch that. Oh, and the nice. last thing they're going to think is, dickhead. Mate. No, he ain't. Of course he's not. If they think dickhead, <laughs> do they normally write it? Well, yeah. <laughs> the they fuck do you know, RDA? Straight onto Twitter. But fortunately, he came out in the first round and took him down. So uh, thanks, thanks to Leon for not making me look a fool there. There you go. Um, but congratulations on the win. It was a, it was a, a, a very impressive performance. Way impressive, dude. Um, and I do hope he gets he gets to where he wants to be. 
and gets the fights he wants. Um, one other thing I will say just before we move on from this card, if you've got a 15-minute conditioning session that you want to burn 15 minutes on, go back to the second fight of the night, Mario Batista against Jinsu Son. It was a unanimous decision, but it was a really fun fight to watch. Definitely worth checking that one out. Um, all right, 240. Okay. So you've, have you already done that? Inside the Octagon for We've this. done, yeah, Inside the Octagon for Holloway Edgar is up. Nice. Up ready, so. Okay, so. Um, yeah. Where do you want to start, Main? If you like. I what else mind. stands out to you on the card? Let me have a little Gillian Robertson's on this one against Sarah Frota. Okay. That'd be a good fight. That's the, the last fight on the early prelims. Ooh, Eric Kosh is on here. Yeah, he's always fun to watch. Always. Um, yeah, it's an interesting card. Pa- Pantoja against Figueredo is going to be a good one as well. But then after that, you're looking on main card. There's some things that stand out to me. Armin Sarukian, he's got his second fight um, in the UFC on this card. He made his debut in uh, Moscow. Were you there? Yeah, against Makachev. Yeah. And it's, um, it's it was a, just a, a really, really horrible first fight to have in the UFC. Yeah. I mean, a, like a real uphill battle. But his wrestling was on point. Yeah, he gave him everything he every, everything he could handle, and he's coming in against Alban Mercier, who's obviously had a few fights in the UFC. Now he's got what fifteen fights, and he's got yeah, sort of. Mercier's that guy who just always nine. seems to have fucking durable, for days. good shape, oh, big for the weight class, strong. Is he TriStar as well? I think so. Yeah, he is TriStar. Two fights, skid at the minute though. Yeah, but Which, that's that'll be a wrestling extravaganza. That will. Yeah. So. Oba Mercier is a, a judo black belt and a Brazilian jiu-jitsu brown belt. So matching up with Armin Sarukin's wrestling is going to be uh, very entertaining to watch. And I'd imagine that's going to be a high pace because they're both in great condition. Yeah, man. Um, what about Nico Price? I like watching Nico Price. Yeah, yeah. I, I, Especially his last fight. He looked like he was about to get murdered. Well, the, this, the thing with, with um, Jeff Neal, I feel like his striking's a bit tighter. Yeah. A bit more on point. You know, I mean, that fight against Frank Camacho was, and Frank's one of my favourites, as you know. But yeah. I feel like uh, I feel like his striking might be a bit more accurate. And Nico, I like watching him as well. But the reason I like watching him is because he is a little bit like. Mate, is, that <laughs> yeah. is that Mr. Tickle? Is that Mr. Tickle swinging snooker balls? Yeah, how, how long is his arm? 76 inches, six foot 76 inches. Longer than me. Yeah, he's got quite a decent reach. Brown belt mm. Brazilian Jiu Jitsu as well. So we might see a submission out of him. Although I don't, have we seen one in the UFC? I don't think so. Oh, Rene Choke. It's not the same, is it? Yeah. You can't always count that. <laughs> Go on then, talk about the main event and then Go we'll uh, then we'll wrap up. What do you reckon? So what, how, how are you what leaning? You, what are you saying about Comain with Cyborg? Is that just a is that lambs to the slaughter? I don't think necessarily. I mean Felicia Spencer, we've only seen what, one fight in the UFC against Megan Anderson, but it was a first round finish. It was another rear naked choke. So we know she's got a she's got a strong game in one particular area, which yeah. is taking the back and choking people out. She's She's not small for the weight class either. I mean, she's not going to be as, as strong and as lean as Cyborg, which means that probably in the clinch, I would imagine Cyborg's going to be able to... Shake her off. Yeah, yeah, or at least control her. But then, because Felicia Spencer's not carrying all that muscle mass around, then that will make her more efficient in those clinches. Well, she was against Megan. Yeah. yeah, and then be able to just keep that hustle going. Okay. Maybe get it to the floor. Maybe be able to take Cyborg's back in a scramble. I mean, you know, she's she's seven and one, which is like four submissions on a record, more than fifty percent of, yeah. of finishes, all rear naked chokes as well. But what about you know? There was a time no, when sorry, Cyborg... three naked chokes and one TKO with elbows in her first fight. Okay. And she's I mean she fought on Invicta. She's not been fighting on like random shows against random fighters. No. Invicta match people well. The problem is because I don't know her well enough. 
it almost reminds me of when Cyborg was fighting on Invicta and all the other cards and they were just feeding her. Yeah. There was just no one, there was no one available. So they're like, you're fighting Cyborg and they're like, fucking hell, okay. But, that, but that's, the thing, that's the thing with female MMA at the moment because it's still developing. They haven't got the numbers in the weight classes. Right. So it's, it, they, they do sometimes kind of ma- make matches with who's available. And when it comes to Cyborg, it's kind of who wants to fight her. Yeah. But Felicia Spencer's like, she's up for it. She, she's like ready to take on Cyborg. And she's not going to be undersized as well after no. dealing with Megan Anderson because no. she's a big, strong athlete yeah. as well. I am I'm interested to see what Cyborg does next if she wins this because it's almost like the DC and Stipe thing. Because yeah. Cyborg was unbeaten for such a long time and such a legend and did so much cool shit. To get finished the way she did was almost a surprise to her. Mm-hmm. Whereas it's the same as Stipe. I mean, I know Stipe stayed out and fucking waited forever. But... But that's why this is a risk and that Stipe didn't take. Exactly. Exactly. But I, it makes it more interesting to see how she's going to change to go back now to Amanda, who just seems to have uploaded the fucking Matrix for winning fights. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, we could see an upset. We could absolutely see an upset here. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what the odds are on this. This, yeah. this is a, a definite underdog's pick, I would think, because most people aren't going to be putting any money on Felicia Spencer. And she's, you know, even like that's what we saw with Ronda. And I think women's MMA is at that point where it's still developing and you can exploit weaknesses in people's games far more than you can um, in modern male MMA. And that's what, I think that's where the difference are because the, the development levels are slightly different. And women's MMA is catching up. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. the M- because it's mixed in amongst M- uh, men's MMA. Yeah. And because like on the mat at, at the big gyms, fighters are fighters. It doesn't matter yeah, who you are it. and where you come from. So like the levels re- like increasing quickly. But if you look back at Ronda, the reason she was so good is because she, she was very good at one particular yes. thing. And she was so good and so forceful at it that she was able to exploit people's weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Well, it was that ultimate confidence, wasn't it? Because you saw yeah. the minute that she lost and she was like, I'm just going to wait five years and then come back and just look like a deer in headlights. So I mean, then you think if you're Felicia Spencer, you've just seen Cyborg lose. You think oh if man. you can swarm her and jump on her back. All day. She's at, she's at the, the best the best point for an upset right now. Yeah. I mean, you know, odds odds are that Cyborg should should beat her and then get a rematch with Nunes. Yeah, I just have more, I think I'm more invested in that just because I want to see what happens next. Because I mean, love an underdog win. That's it. And <laughs> I do love an underdog win, but it's something Tim said to you yesterday, and he was asking you about when a champion had last lost and then won it back. Mm-hmm. And I immediately went to GSP yep. against Sarah, mm-hmm. which obviously you did. But then I was trying to think of other times. There isn't really, apart from BJ Penn. Mm. Yeah, I can't I can't think of it. No one else has really done it. Like Chuck didn't do it against Randy because it was almost a, like a... Chuck, wasn't, Chuck didn't go into the first fight against Randy as a champion, did he? Mm-hmm. No, the belt was vacant. The ba- belt was vacant, so... Randy and won. Chuck was supposed to win it and Randy did. Yeah. Yeah. And then not supposed to, but like it, the exactly. the whole walkout, like Randy just kind of came in a side door Meandered, and wandered yeah. over. And, and Chuck like had Chuck this big, the uh, Do you remember it was mass? Yeah. The Iceman. Yeah. Awesome. But it was just so WWE though. It wasn't was, it? yeah, it was perfect. Man. I loved it. But the thing is, it was a good question because mm-hmm. I haven't I can't remember a time when it's happened. So for Cyborg to come back and win the belt back oh yeah. man it makes it so interesting yeah. same as Stipe I can't wait to see the Stipe fight because I think he's just going to be a little bit more standoffish mm. but I mean Stipe he, he changed so many people's opinion of him especially I mean when, when you saw Stefan finish him he was like yeah he's just another one of them I know he's not European but mm. his name makes it look like he's just a European fighter and that's it mm. he's just there to make the numbers but he did some insane things I think he's going to look very different against DC do you think? Yeah, I do. I think he's going to fight at a much longer range, really make the most of his of his lead hand, yeah. 
and just stay on his toes and force DC to move to him. To kind of learn from what John Jones did to Yeah, well, look I mean, what he won't be able to do it as efficiently, but if, if DC gets inside, the deficit that Mircic has in the movement and the agility that John Jones has, he'll have an advantage in the strength. Yes. And I, um, the thing is with that punch that caught him, maybe he was just taking for granted that he was safe there. Yeah. And it just caught him by surprise. Yeah. It, that's not a mistake that you're going to make twice. No. Well, he, he completely countered that with Engano because he stayed well out of his way because Engano was known for having massive power. Mm-hmm. DC's not really no, known for having especially not power. a light heavyweight. So, you know, no. him moving up. Come on then, let's, let's okay, quick Max. chat about that main event. Cause it, so if they fought 10 times, how Max many times does Frankie Edgar win? Matt, what, three? Three, yeah, that's about my pick as well. Only The thing is, I want Frankie to win because we had a chat with Mark Henry, who is probably the nicest guy in the world. <laughs> like, the absolute nicest guy I've ever spoken yeah. to. So, I kind of don't want to bet against him. No, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, always, I'm always behind um, Mark Henry's fighters. But yeah. at the same time, I love Max as well. But I love Max as well, as well I, yeah. I this is one of those fights, and we've, because this match has been made a bunch of times, I think I've broken it down twice already. Yeah. Um, so this third one is much more. It's much more in depth because I know I know both fighters better. Yeah. But the, the problem is, it's it's ten years after Frankie was Frankie. Yeah, but then just you know, just like Cyborg's coming off her first loss, Max Holloway's been up to lightweight and picked up a loss, and he's coming back down. And you like there are different things you got to take into that. Yeah, like the different factors from that, like the going up to work up to lightweight and doing a weight Changing class there, body. allowing your body to grow, that then cutting back down to featherweight, the psychology of being outworked by someone when that's his game. Frankie's all about. And now he's fighting Frankie Edgar, who's got like the the you know longest fight time in the UFC like history or whatever yeah. it is. Well, like stat leader for someone that we know's got a good output, we know can come back from a bad first round. Yeah. I mean, and I don't, th- and I think the problem is that the, the Brian Ortega finish will kind of change people's perspectives yeah. on that. But the reality is that was an elbow and getting caught with a clean elbow like that is very different to getting caught with a gloved fist. Yeah. Yeah. And you look at the way that, that Gray Maynard Mate. was punching holes in people when he was back in the day. And he like, even if you just go back, if you went back to that the first Frankie Edgar Gray Maynard fight and you skip to the end of the first round and watch Frankie walk back to his corner, you're like, this, this guy's dead. There's no way that fight continues. Mm. There's no way he's got anything else in the second round. But then what he did was went on to fucking beat one, him twice, two, three, four, five yeah. rounds, draw with him, beat him. The two Ben Henderson fights, you could call either way really easy. One of them's got a massive up kick, which I don't think changed it as much as they said it did. And I'm a big, I'm a, I'm a massive Ben Henderson fan, mm. but I don't think he beat Frankie in either of them. No, the Jose he definitely lost to beat Charles Oliveira. BJ Penn it was still a good BJ Penn. Cobb Swanson, Faber, Mendes, obviously Jose again, another decision. Yeah, decision Jeremy Stevens to finish Yair Rodriguez. That, see that was a that was a big upset. That was a, a lot of people. Were, and I'll be honest, when that fight was first matched, I thought to myself, "Oh no, like that's that's not a good fight for Frankie." And the reason the reasons that that I felt like that was a bad fight kind of stand in this one going into Max Holloway because Rodriguez doesn't move in orthodox ways. He, he's he's slightly more traditional in in his in his martial arts and the way that he moves, but in in his movement patterns when he's competing, they're very different to what Frankie does. Frankie's much more of a traditional boxing style yeah. that he's added kicks into, and it's a very old school, fundamentally sound style that works in the majority of fights. 
But then Yair's got an unpredictability. Max Holloway's got an unpredictability that I would say is on a different level of fight IQ entirely. Yeah. So with that unpredictability of movement and that understanding of what he's doing, that that's that's where I think Frankie needs he's going to need to close distance and get the takedown. Get that top position smash him into the fence like he did against Jair Rodriguez yeah. and use that use the, those top elbows those top game elbows like I talk about in Inside the Oxygen yeah. like for Max he's just got to be himself at featherweight do you think Max took a lot from the two Jose fights though because Jose is the same size and probably a faster better version of Frankie that, that's exactly it you're right Jose is fundamentally a, a, around the same ability of Frankie I would say maybe a bit more of a tie boxer than a boxer yeah. maybe a bit more back foot heavy than front foot heavy like Frankie can be but he had more finish more dangerous faster striking, yeah. yeah more 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 lethal combinations I would say whereas Frankie's much more beat you up over the distance yeah and there was a power to Aldo which is why he gassed and Frankie didn't as well because yeah. Frankie doesn't try and blast you with with his shots I just I don't know I think it's 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 a it's going to be a long night for Frankie to to get inside even even if he wins it's going to be a long night to get inside and and not get caught I do hope it's a longer fight though, because we've had. Don't get me wrong, I love quick fights, mm. but you know, Masvidal, I was gutted, just yeah, because I just wanted to see there's just a little <laughs> bit more. Like as much as it was impressive and insane and fucking amazing, I wanted to mm. see him like I don't know. I just saw there was going to be a lot of taunting and and like mm. I think he's going to avoid the takedown and just fucking light him up a little yeah. bit. Same as like the John Jones one. It was a different. It was a weird experience that was because it yeah. was it was a long fight, but then it was after like three super quick knockouts. So we we're all absolutely hyped about that. But then even like the Faber the other day, everything it's just everything's just finished dead quick. Like mm. the Aspen lad, dead quick. Yeah, the main, I, I, I can't see this one being a fast finish. Really, I can't. I, I think I think both of them have got enough respect for each other to feel it out in the first round. And Jack and Frankie can knock him out. No. No, I don't. No, I don't. So I not not unless keep... Max has had a bad weight cut or he's left his weight cut too late and he's just weakened himself. But he has got history of that concussion that Bisping has shot out there, hasn't he? Yeah, but that, yeah. It's going to be... I just, I don't know. I don't think he can. I think he can take him down and stack him against the fence and damage him like he did Yaya Rodriguez. Yeah. But getting the finish. Maybe a sub. Maybe take his back. Ooh. Frankie on the back, like a little backpack. The size of fucking... Yeah. Talking about backpacks, I've just... Uh, I've got when was the, the last time out? we got a submission win? Rene Kachok against Matt Veach, 2009. Yeah, oh, nice. 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. How much Maybe you not. Think, how much do you think a kid's school backpack is? Cheaper than Frankie Edgar. Nope. <laughs> 45 quid. Is that right? 45 pound. I'm making them one. From, yeah. I'm, they're having four reps on one. Fucking hell, 45 pound a bag. That's ridiculous. I never had that at school. No. Did you? No. I had a briefcase for the first year. Of course you did. Wanker. And yeah, until I got beat up enough to know. With the briefcase? Yeah, fucking, yeah, yeah for real. It was a brown tan oh, leather briefcase. Oh, yeah. With your face print in the side of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. My, with my blazer. Like, literally, I just looked like a floating fucking bag. Floating bag and blazer. Twat. Yeah, so I thought I'd let you know. Yeah. I was looking for the kids today. <laughs> so Frankie Edgar backpack. Yeah. He'd make some coin off of that. There we go. We'll, we'll add backpacks to the site if Frankie Edgar wins by Rene Kachok. How about that? And we'll call it a Frankie. Frankie. The Frankie pack. The Frankie pack. That sounds really <laughs> bad. Oh. Anyway, all good? Wad's calling. We need to, we need to speak to Wad. Wad's He's calling. calling both of us now. It's desperate. All right, we'll wrap it there then. Yeah, That's nice good. One. Have a good weekend. Enjoy the fights. Take Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.
it can run continuously for a very long time. And that enables it to become an endurance hunter, chasing down its prey.